Truth and Fire, the podcast is brought to you by truthandfire.com, where we explore faith and pop culture from a witty Christian perspective. Welcome to another installment of Truth and Fire, the podcast, which picks up where Truth and Fire, the blog leaves off. I'm your host, Verite Feu, and you can find me at B-E-R-I-T-E-E-T-F-E-U on all social media platforms. In today's episode, we're talking about mental health and offering some practical tips and biblical wisdom for your peace of mind and well-being in the midst of COVID-19. All of this and more when we return. Season 2, Episode 3 of Truth and Fire, the podcast. I'm your host, Verité Efe, which simply means Truth and Fire en Francais. So how are you guys doing? Like, y'all good? Y'all all right? I just want to check in because many of us are now entering our fourth week of Rona-related quarantines, and I can imagine the toll it's taking on everyone uh, mentally and spiritually. With that in mind, I wanted to talk about mental health and hopefully offer up some practical tips and biblical wisdom to help you all not only cope, but rest in the blessed hope. Ah, I'm rhyming. Tweet it, tweet it. (laughs) Okay, so Bloomberg recently did a town hall to discuss a national pandemic. No, not the coronavirus itself, but definitely a result of it. And it's called adjustment disorder. Adjustment disorders, according to the Mayo Clinic, are caused by significant changes or stressors in one's life. They say there is no guaranteed way to prevent adjustment disorders, but healthy coping skills and learning to be resilient may be um, helpful during high times of stress. So today's episode will hopefully provide some insight on healthy coping skills and how we might build our resilience. Uh, to help me approach this topic, I solicited the help of a friend of mine, Mr. Steve Swenson. Um, while he's not a doctor or a mental health professional, um, he is a brother in Christ and a mental health advocate who I found to offer um, some pretty neat, practical and scripture-based tips for mental health and hygiene. So we'll be talking to him today. And after that, I'll be providing um, a nice little summary with my final thoughts and sharing a few announcements. So make sure you stay tuned because we'll get the discussion going right after this break. Hey guys, Verite Efeu here. Some of you guys have asked for ways to support Truth and Fire, so here's three. Number one, subscribe to the blog and the podcast. It's the best way to stay up to date on our latest content. Number two, purchase merchandise from the Truth and Fire shop. We've got shirts, hats, phone covers, laptop covers, and other neat pieces to help you represent. Visit www.truthandfire.com forward slash shop. Number three, partner with us on Patreon. We have four tiers to choose from, so pick one and unlock the benefits of your support. Find us at www.patreon.com forward slash truthandfire. Thank you guys so much for listening. Welcome back. Um, I am now here with my guest of the hour, Mr. Steven Swinson. You know, for the longest time, I thought your name was Steve Martin, for real. <laughs> yeah, everybody actually says that to me. It's actually just my, my DJ name. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I thought you had that name because you're, like, really funny. So, I don't know. For those who don't know Steve, Steve's really, really funny. So, I thought you used that for that. But, okay. Okay. So, oh, you're too kind, Constance. You know, hey. But um, anyway, so just uh, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? You know, what do you do? Things like that. Uh, I'm from the DMV, from Capitol Heights, Maryland. Um, I'm a mental health advocate. I'm a author. Uh, I published a book, and I'm a speaker. Um, typically, I'm doing like some speaking engagements during the year, and that is where. I really consider myself to be working. Like when I'm doing podcasts and I'm speaking, um, that's when I consider myself to be working. When I'm doing my regular job, um, just working in an office, um, I don't even count that as work. Okay. <laughs> um, when, I'm, when I'm doing what I'm kind of like um, geared for, or passionate about, that's when I consider me working. So that, those are the things that I do. Um, I write and I speak. Um, I also do mentoring for young um, black men. Um, I can kind of speak to their experience 
and like what they've been through. And I use my book as like a, a small group manipulative when I finally get a chance to sit down with multiple young men. Okay. So. Okay, cool. All right. I feel you with the with doing your passion is the work. That is the work. I think um, the things that we do, our day jobs are just um, the resources that fund our passions. That's how I look at it. The, Me too. You know, I enjoy teaching, but, you know, ultimately I, I definitely enjoy writing. Um, and um, I've grown to love doing podcasting, but, you know, that's another that's another topic for another day. All right. So tell me what led you to become a mental health advocate and what does that mean? Uh, mental health advocate, um, it basically means like I, I stand in the gap. I know that's probably like Christian language um, <laughs> for like Jesus, but I stand in the gap for people that haven't quite articulated their feelings about their mental health or don't understand necessarily what they're going through. Um, I'll use one of my mentees as an example, um, and he will be unnamed. But um, I I have a young man that I mentor that deals with um, bipolar disorder as well as schizophrenia, and he has no clue what he's going through, and he has no clue, like, how to describe it. But through, like me talking to him like his mother contacted me was like hey he's dealing with these things and i know that you told me about this and this like his sister leads like um a mental health um group at the college that she attends so me and her have had extensive conversations about mental health so she kind of like referred me um to her brother like I, i used to coach him but she referred me to her brother about mental health and in specific like uh like like the things that he's dealing with in specifics she knows that I talk about bipolar disorder, um, something that I've been diagnosed with. So um, I basically went to him, talked to him about what he was dealing with, um, helped him put into words kind of what he was feeling and tried to be an advocate in the sense that I want him to do better. So I like referred him to like, you know, go, go to counseling, help him find um, a counselor in his network uh helped him find like this type of medication that might work for him um i just do anything i feel like would, would help benefit the other person does that make sense yeah makes a lot of sense very good it might be it might be like brand new to them so they might not know what they're dealing with but i've been dealing with it for a while so i just speak out about it and people just seem to kind of find me because of that got it so when you realized that it was something that you were dealing with did you have anyone to talk to at the time or do you feel like there was a there was a there was a, a need? Um, I didn't really have anybody to talk to at the time. Um, after about a month of dealing with it by myself, I was referred to the counselor that was on campus at the college that I went through. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't have anybody to talk to at first, and I was actually very confused because um, mental health was something that was very new to me. I was about twenty-two uh, or twenty. I was twenty-one. And um, I didn't know what what I was dealing with. And I actually uh, pushed my diagnosis under the rug. Um, I asked the the psychiatrist to um, leave that out in my report. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll explain more about like um, how the diagnosis happened, how, how the diagnosis happened. But I actually asked him to leave it off my report if he could. Mm, okay. Yeah, because that's something that pretty much follows you for... In your medical records, it follows you for the rest of your life, pretty much, right? Like, there's really nothing you can do unless there is like a, you know, a day when someone says you're cured or something like that. Like, you don't, you don't want that to quote unquote follow you if that makes any sense. So my mom used to say that to me all the time that it follows me in my in my, my records. But mm-hmm. um, every time I go to a new doctor, they they start from scratch and they ask me questions. Oh, okay. Good point. So okay. I, I don't I don't think I've even brought. Uh, my original diagnosis to another doctor. Got it. Okay. Okay. So it's not like school records when it's just, <laughs> and I, and I say that cause I remember years ago, probably about maybe six or seven years ago, maybe, um, I had, I was really stressed out from grad school. I think I was finishing up grad school. It was really stressful for me. And so I went to my uh, primary care physician and then they diagnosed me with anxiety and I was like, no. Like, don't do that to me. I'm just having a rough time. So that was something mm-hmm. I was really, I was really, you know, concerned about. I'm like, that's going to follow me. And, you know, um, so I'm glad you cleared that up. So that's, that's a really good point. Um, you know, cause that's not something that when I do go 
to a new doctor that I necessarily talk about because I'm like, I, I don't feel like that I have that, but that's what was going on with me at the time. So interesting. Okay. That's that's actually a good tidbit to share with people. All right. Yeah. I'm sorry. And real quick, let me just interject. Um, yeah. Think about it like this too. If, um, you know, doctors make money off of, um, and this is one reason why I'm, I, I consider myself an advocate because I don't want you just to take any prescription they prescribe you. But um, doctors make money off of prescriptions that they prescribe. Mm-hmm. Um, if if they if if your record followed you, then the treatment will be way more comprehensive mm-hmm. and it will be way more personalized. Got it. Okay. But because that's not the case, and everybody is not looking out for your your well being. Um, they, they start from scratch and they do what they want to do. They, they prescribe you what they think they should prescribe you. But if that was the case, like the director followed you, they would look at the, the opinions of other doctors and what they might have prescribed and what they thought of you. And they might continue that trend. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it'd be much more comprehensive. Yeah. So because they, re- they, like you said, they would really care about what's going on with it. That's a, okay, Steve, you're going to drop this knowledge. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This is good. Okay. That's good to know. Now, speaking of mental health, so I wanted to talk to you today specifically about what's going on with the coronavirus. Um, I came across, you know, I follow you on Instagram and I came across um, a post of yours that says why the coronavirus is triggering mental health issues. And that was something that I was concerned about both for myself and, and for other people Um you know, in my church and other, other believers, because I know that, you know, I'm single, I live alone and, um, I can't go home to visit my family. And of course I can't, um, go to church right now. So those connections that I was used to having, I no longer, um, have the, you know, the, the ability to necessarily connect with in person. So that was something I was concerned about. Thankfully so far, so good. Um, but I didn't know if I was going to like start freaking out or, you know, overthinking. And I just, your, your post just really, um, just really resonated with me and it, and it brought up some things that I didn't even consider. So can you, uh, talk more about that particular meme and, and what you were, you were sharing with that? So, um, with that, uh, particular meme, I was, um, I, I wanted to make it a point to, be honest about mental health during this time that we're kind of trapped. Um, it's important to me that I highlight stuff that I deal with because I felt like if I speak out against it, um, other people might realize that it resonates with them as well. But if I, if I keep quiet, I've noticed that the conversation doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll, so I believe that it's triggering like, anxiety, depression, because of like loneliness and despair. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll, you'll have feelings of hopelessness and stuff like that because instead of now, instead of us living and having a day-to-day life, now it's more so survival. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, um, I said that, you know, mental illness is not, they're not just on vacay just because we're stuck in the house. They're not taking a break. Um, one other thing that I added to my post is that I, I work to shut out unnecessary anxiety mm-hmm. um, by meditating on a couple of scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, during this time, the anxiety is more so connected to despair um, than just regular anxiety. Like, oh, you know, I, for instance, I was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, I believe that it's more so connected to us not knowing what's next. Right. So my first scripture was Psalms 28 verse 7. Um, and, and I encourage people to meditate on these two scriptures during this time, uh, especially if you're dealing with any anxiety. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart great, uh, greatly rejoices. And with my song, I will praise him. Um, and that's from the New King James Version. I don't go any lower than that. <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm not reading the New Living Translation of the message. Um, I'm not going no lower than New King James, New King James Version. Um, the other scripture, um, it was uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Uh, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So during this time, we're dealing with a lot of uncertainty. And this is something that is unprecedented in our um, in our world, uh, especially in the U.S., 
Um, we don't know what's next. We don't know if we're going to get paid. Um, we, we might have to file unemployment. Uh, we're used to doing something. We're used to being completely busy. And in the DMV, our, our culture is very, um, like, I, I wouldn't say touch and go, but it, it never stops. Mm-hmm. We, we basically live in a city that never stops, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. So um, being stuck in a house, uh, feeling trapped, d- depression starting to set in or anxiety starting to set in, um, I encourage people to, to meditate on those two scriptures. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Um, so tell me about some practical ways that people can cope. I had it. I had the questions kind of broken down between the general fear of the coronavirus. There's that concern that you can catch it. And then also there's the, so some people are, um, you know, fearful of actually catching or maybe even spreading because now they're telling us that even if you're, well, not now, they've been saying this, even if you're asymptomatic, you can spread it to someone. So then there's also that onus on you to feel like, you know, to protect others. So now you got to, you know, watch you know, how you walk around in public when you go to the grocery store or, you know, you know, there's a tendency to want to just kind of, you know, hide or something like that, because not only you may not have your own fear of catching it, but you may be fearful of spreading it. So there's that element of it. And then there's also the element of how it impacts us just by proxy in terms of how, of course, the whole world is pretty much shut down. So we can't travel. We can't go to work like you mentioned earlier. So what are some some practical ways that people can cope with the general fear of coronavirus and then the actual um, aspect of how it's impacting our day-to-day lives? Okay, so first I want to say that as an advocate, um, I speak up and I try to make informed opinions, um, but I'm not an expert. Um, so I'm not anybody's doctor. I'm no one's nurse. And um, I wanted to make sure that that's the first thing that I say. Mm-hmm. Next, um, I want to make sure that like people are making informed decisions and taking um, an informed approach to this whole entire thing. Mm-hmm. So just like I take the approach when it comes to mental health um, as spiritual and as uh, practical, um, in, this, in this time that we're living in is very unprecedented. And it's important that we remain informed, but not um, to the point where we turn on the news every single morning uh, and and fill ourselves with fear um, and anxiety, but that we remain informed and that um, we're able to make smart choices. So for instance, there are common concepts that are floating around that we should adhere to, like social distancing is important. Um, I don't need to go to the park and, you know, spend four hours with a family and 10 more people that just so happen to show up. Like there's a chance that us being in such close proximity and us all not, you know, maybe we, we all have been tested, you know, mm-hmm. we, we probably shouldn't all hang out together. Um, we just, you know, we should spend time apart. We should uh, be at least six feet, you know, away from another person um, if we are going to go out. And um, I think those things are wise. Uh, you would do the same thing, you know, for your child. If you know you heard that somebody was sick at school, you you would tell them, "Hey, don't I don't want you sitting next to them." Um, and nothing against the other person, uh, but I, you know, you might say, "I don't want you sitting next to them. I don't want you to share anything with them. You know, don't touch their pencil. Uh, <laughs> don't eat off their plate. You know, at lunchtime. You know, stuff like that." Um, also, we could be we, we need to make sure that we're able to keep things. Um, in perspective as far as uh, like a spiritual mindset is concerned. Um, I don't want to use this verse too early, but I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Um, God has given us a spirit of fear. Um, you know, he's given us a spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. And it's important that we, you know, trust God for what's next. So instead of us living in despair, we need to be trusting God that, he, that he's in control of what's going on. We also need to trust God that um, yes, there are real cases of COVID and um, the coronavirus with other people, and people have also passed from the coronavirus. Uh, maybe their immune systems weren't very strong. Um, they could have had diabetes. Um, they, they could be real sensitive to upper respiratory infections. Um, but we can trust God that He, you know, protects us. You know, we were covered by the blood, and even if we were to get it by Jesus Christ's stripes, you know, we're, we're healed. And I think that it's very important that as believers that we have that mindset, not um, 
to to be scattered and to fall into the straight fear. Mm-hmm. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I did want you to expound on on a point you just made about um, by by. You know, I've always tried to, I always try to incorporate the gospel in some form, um, of course, biblical, of course, but some type of way to incorporate it in everything I talk about, even if it's day-to-day life matters. Um, you mentioned that uh, we are covered by the blood of Jesus and that um, by his stripes we are healed. So what does that look like um, uh, for us as believers? What does that really mean? Um, it means that, first of all, we have a higher authority than just the governors that are giving out rules and regulations, but also there there's a supernatural aspect to our day-to-day life. So we're all spirits that have bodies. We're not just bodies that have spirits. Um, you know, God breathed the breath of life to us. So he's responsible for our well-being, just like God is responsible for what we're going to eat the next day. Um where are we going to rest our head? Like, you know, the Bible talks about um, God keeping his eye on the sparrow and, and, you know, birds don't even have to worry about, like, where they're going to find their next meal. Mm-hmm. Um, God, God, you know, sees us and he and He takes care of us. And that's something that we got to make sure that we're mindful of, that he's our provider, um, our sustainer of life. Um, you know, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God... You know, Jesus came, we might have life and have it more abundantly. Mm-hmm. So it's important that our perspective is wrapped in that direction, not counterclockwise, right. <laughs> uh, if that makes sense. And just knowing that there is an eternal um, aspect to it so that that healing that we will know or that we know as believers is ultimately this spiritual healing. Like you said earlier about like not worrying and looking at the fact that ultimately, you know, we're going to be going to... Um, our father in heaven when this is all said and done and so we're pressing towards a a greater a greater a life like you said um we god has given us uh christ has come to give us life and life more abundantly and that abundant life comes from that eternal life that we'll get to enjoy so you mentioned earlier even if we did catch it there's this element of okay well if i were to die from this um i can i'm still going i have a i have a blessed hope i'm still going to Christ when this is all said and done, to be absent from the bodies and be present with the Lord. So I think that's, right. that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Thank you. Um, so let me see. I think you actually covered some of these things, but I did want to go back to um, just some of the things that you do, like you mentioned. And, I'm, and thank you for, for mentioning that too. Um, I think I was going to try to incorporate that into the intro regarding where you stand with this as far as, you know, that you're an advocate, but you're not a, a mental health professional or a doctor or anything like that. Um, but as someone who has had experience in this, what are some tips that you can give um, other believers in terms of how you have coped, wh- whether it be with uh, your exercise, uh, diet, nutrition, things that you've decided that you absolutely would not do? I think you mentioned earlier, like, you know, taking it easy on the news and all that kind of stuff. But what about diet and nutrition, especially um, and, and physical exercise, especially when we're thinking about our immune system and things like that? Gotcha. Um uh, give me 10 seconds. Let me walk back real quick. Um, one, one reason why, like, I, I really believe believers should have peace is also because um, we do, like, have a place that's set apart um, for for us, like a place that's being prepared for us. So even if we were to contract the virus, like, and, and we were to pass, like, to be absent with the body, to be present with the Lord. So that's another reason why we should have peace and not be full of fear. Um, it actually, be, it'd be better to be up there than to be down here watching, you know, um, all the things that are occurring um, on a day-to-day basis. Um, and now to answer your point, uh, your question about, um, let's say, physical health and diet. Um, so basically, I think it's really important for the average individual to exercise at least three times a week for 30 minutes. Um I would hope that that's something that is much more attainable than what hashtag fit life might look like. Um, no, you don't have to be in the gym every day. No, you don't have to work out every single day. But like three days for at least 30 minutes is where the baseline should be. Um, you want to do things that cause you to lose your breath a little bit, not um, not just walking. A lot of people think that walking is great. Walking is fine. Um, but it's not going to do, it's not going to cause you to breathe the, the upper, uh, 10th or more of, of your lungs, like the air in your lungs. Um, 
you'll still probably be breathing recycled air. Uh, you'll you'll get a decent blood flow, but your heart rate won't get to a point where it might put you in a fat burn zone. You'll stay like maybe in a resting heart rate area. Mm. Uh, most people's beats per minute for their heart might be around like 60 or so, which means like one beat per second. But when you get more into a fat zone area, fat burn area, it might be around 100 or more. Mine is usually about 110. Um, so you want to get in that area at least three times a week. Um, that, so that's a good baseline. And I would encourage people to kind of look up um, circuits to do on YouTube. And the reason why I say circuits is because if you're doing uh, three sets of 10 squats um, and then no rest, and you go right into push-ups, you know, however you need to do the push-ups, whether it's on your knees um, or you can do them regular and then 10 sets uh i mean then 10 reps of um sit-ups and then you wait you give yourself a uh, one minute rest and you repeat that you do it three times um those type of exercises are very very helpful because it'll cause your respiratory system to really work it'll cause your um, lungs to have to expand uh your blood will flow and it'll cause you to get into that um fat burn zone for as far as your heart rate is concerned and I meant to mention to you, Constance, um, currently, um, I'm a certified personal trainer. Um, so I'm, I'm still up to date, you know, on, I'd say, what would probably be effective for exercise and nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing you mentioned was about nutrition. Mm-hmm. So currently, um, people might not know uh, the effect that your diet has on your brain um but your gut uh it 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 communicates with your brain very regularly and that line shouldn't be interrupted or shouldn't be distorted so um the i've gotten a few certifications in, in the mental health field um and i think it gives me just enough to kind of be able to make some assertions so for instance if you're eating a lot of processed foods um the communication to your brain can be distorted really badly um and it can cause you to deal with things that you might not be used to so depression can set in a lot easier if you're eating a bunch of snickers bars Mm -hmm. you know the sugar that that you might be dealing with is processed sugar but it also can cause your system to crash um because of the sugar Mm -hmm. and um it's easier to kind of feel sad because you've experienced that crash after a sugar high Mm -hmm. Um, it's very important during this time to try to eat balanced meals that involve fruits and vegetables, um, some sort of plants, um, and protein, uh, healthy fat is very good for your brain. So if you're able to eat something like, let's say avocado, that's very healthy for your brain, um, because of the fat in it and your brain is made up of of a lot of fatty acids. Mm -hmm. Um, the protein is good for just sustaining you and and you want to try to have some sort of fiber in your diet as well fiber increases satiety which which you know keeps you satisfied keeps you full instead of you reaching to snacks to fill that gap that you might be feeling mm-hmm. um so during this time really try to stay away from processed sugars um do your best to to put down rice krispies treats and snickers and um things that are full of preservatives um, because when you really think about it, anything that's wrapped in a wrapper and kept on a shelf and can last for years <laughs> is something you don't want in your body, uh, especially during a time like this where your meals might be fewer and far between. Um, they might be less expensive. Um, you might have to cook more often, but you would prefer to have something with the least amount of preservatives in it because um, it won't break down in your body very fast. Okay, so these these are just, for those who are just tuning in, these are tips um, that you can use to help boost your immune system and to keep you healthy and strong in the midst of, um, for, of course, for day-to-day life, but also especially so in, in the midst of all that's going on with coronavirus. We want to make sure that we are safe, healthy. Um, we are told that we, even if we're asymptomatic, we can share or spread this disease to others, um, and there's a potential for us to catch it. So we want to do whatever we can do practically um, to prevent uh, catching it and spreading it, and we want to also maintain um, our connection, of course, spiritually um, through the Word of God with, with the Lord to make sure that we are mentally 
fit um, and, and spiritually uh, mature during this time. So Stevie, I call him Stevie, guys. There's a long story for that. But Steve, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. This was a really insightful um, interview. So I, I really do thank you for, for taking the time to talk with me today. So, yeah. Anything else you want to share with the people before we sign off? Um, it depends on how much time we got. Uh, you got um, two minutes and five, two minutes and thirty-five seconds. All right. So real quick, um, one of your one of your final questions was how do I view mental health in the grand the grand scheme of the gospel? Yeah. Um, I wanted to touch on that because it's really um, it's it's a it's a subject that people kind of like skip over. Some people believe that mental health is all spiritual and you need to go pray it away. And some people also believe it's all practical and prayer has no place um, in, in the discussion. But I want people to know that it's practical and it's spiritual. Like if you have diabetes, you, you can believe God that he'll heal you, but maybe you should also take the medication they give you and you should also incorporate exercise and a healthy diet um, and also pray at the same time. But don't just be like, Hey, this is not going to work for me. Um, I'm I'm healed in the name of Jesus, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna name it and claim it right now. Like, so I just wanted to point that out. I feel like a lot of people um, separate the two, practical and spiritual. But like, no, let's let's combine the two, mm-hmm. and um, let's believe God for a miracle. But let's also do the things that we need we need to do uh, in order to take care of ourselves that, that we can do. Amen. Because we definitely my my first guest for this uh, for this new season of the podcast is actually a, a certified uh, physical. Uh, personal trainer and she was saying the same thing we were, we were trying to drive that point home of you know we are definitely to do what we're supposed to do um in our spiritual walk but there's some things some wisdom practical wisdom that the lord has given us um that we can um do all things are uh all things are lawful without all things are beneficial but exercising is yeah. one of those things that's beneficial it's not going to harm you so those things right. that are beneficial it's okay to go ahead and partake in those things um, while also, um, uh, and of course, primarily believe it on the Lord to um, intervene or if his will be done um, to to answer your supplication. So um, we're down to 20 seconds left. So I'm going to go ahead and sign off. Steve, thank you so much for your time today. And I'm hoping that um, you uh, definitely continue to do what you do. Sounds like you're on a good, on a, on a roll with that. So thank you. Hey guys, Verite Fu here. Some of you guys have asked for ways to support Truth and Fire, so here's three. Number one, subscribe to the blog and the podcast. It's the best way to stay up to date on our latest content. Number two, purchase merchandise from the Truth and Fire shop. We've got shirts, hats, phone covers, laptop covers, and other neat pieces to help you represent. Visit www.truthandfire.com forward slash shop. Number three, partner with us on Patreon. We have four tiers to choose from, so pick one and unlock the benefits of your support. Find us at www.patreon.com forward slash truth and fire. Thank you guys so much for listening. Welcome back. That was my homie Steve offering some insight on mental health and COVID-19 coping strategies to help us all keep our minds clear at this time. Um, The interview cut off before I could get a chance to complete our proper closing, but we got it done. I think you guys got the gist of it all. But I want to thank Steve again for his time and to encourage him to continue to do what he's been doing. So Steve, thank you so much uh, for doing the work that you do for the glory of the Lord. As a recap, Steve touched on the importance of meditating on the scriptures. A couple that he mentioned were Psalm 28 and 7 and Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. So make sure you check those out um, when you can. Um, some others include Matthew 6, 25 through 34, Philippians 4, 6 and 7, uh, Colossians uh, 3, 1 through 3, Isaiah 26, 3 and 2 Timothy 1 and 7. Okay, so let me go through and read a few of these actually really, really quickly. 
Okay. So 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. That is the namesake for this particular uh, episode and a sound mind. So we have to keep that in mind that the Lord has given us mental stability. So let's tap into that by meditating on his truths. Um, Another scripture that I want to bring your attention to is Isaiah 26 and 3. And that reads, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Okay, so let's make sure we trust in the Lord by keeping our mind on his word and actually applying, not only believing, but applying uh, the truths that he um, provides us in his word and resting in those things. The next one is Colossians 3, 1 through 3. It says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. The next one is Philippians 4, 6 6 through 8, actually. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And finally, from Matthew 6, um, this is a long passage, so I won't read the whole thing, but it's from Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. So when you get a moment, make sure you check those out. I'm just going to read verses 25 through 27. It says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? And reading this passage actually reminded me of um, something that I observed a few weeks ago, about maybe five days after all these quarantines began. I was out running an errand and um, I saw, when I went back to my car, I saw a flock of birds that were fighting over um, a paper towel. And I just watched them just kind of go for it. And this is what I I thought about when um, when I saw this. I I shared my thoughts on Instagram. Um, It says... I was out running errands yesterday when I saw a flock of birds fighting over a crumpled napkin ball. When they finally opened it, a nice sized piece of bread was inside and they went in. In that moment, I was reminded of Jesus's words in Matthew 6, where he teaches his disciples, us, not to worry. He says that even the birds of the air are cared for by God and they neither sow nor reap. So why wouldn't God care for his people who are exponentially of more value than those creatures? My heart was so blessed to see this because I know we're in a season when some are truly beginning to grow anxious, certainly in the world, but judging by the general Christian response to current affairs, so are many professing believers. But take heart, brothers and sisters, the Lord is for us and his righteous are never forsaken, nor do we beg for bread. Our father supplies all our needs according to his riches and glory. Our father gives us our daily bread. Even in the wilderness, Exodus 16, and in famine in Genesis 41. When rations seem low or insufficient, our God multiplies what we have to make provisions for what we need and then some. We see this in 1 Kings 17, verses 7 through 16, Matthew 14, verses 13 through 21, uh, chapter 15, verses 32 through 39, also in Matthew. Indeed, we worship an amazing God, a loving God, a merciful God. He shows up for us all the time, even when we don't deserve it, which is often. So I pray that even as we are not showing up for him at this time, he will grant us mercy that we would repent. I saw these birds as a reminder that even when we don't praise, creation still cries out, giving him glory. Yes, I saw the Lord's glory was on display with a flock of birds. I pray the same will be said for local flocks of his people. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what we shall eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. 
but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all those things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for today is its own trouble. This is from Matthew 6, verses 31 through 34. Okay, so I just wanted to share those scriptures really quickly, just as a reminder or that passage or that those thoughts as a reminder to us that things may get worse. Actually, they will, um, to be honest, they will get worse. And the last thing we want to do is to respond as the world is responding by worrying, growing anxious and and fretting and, and just being fearful altogether. So let's meditate on God's word so that we can maintain our soundness of mind in this season and for many days to come. The next point that Steve touched on um, during his interview was the importance of physical fitness. Okay, Um, as you guys may recall, I discussed physical fitness in the first episode of uh, this particular season. Uh, It seemed like a one off at the time, but now it's very much relevant in what we're seeing right now. Um, One thing that Steve talked about was the need to get our heart heart rates going um, to produce blood flow. Um, We want to exercise not only for toning our bodies, but it allows us to work off stress. It takes our minds off whatever has been troubling us and it gets our blood flowing and it releases endorphins, which mental health experts refer to as happy chemicals um, to the brain. So we want to take advantage of um, the ability to get some physical activity during this time. Many of us are working from home. Many of us um, are, you know, live near near parks or can take a walk in our neighborhood. So let's take advantage of that and get a little bit of physical exercise, at least 30 minutes a day. Steve was recommending. He's also a as he mentioned, he's also a certified um, uh, personal trainer as well. So he mentioned the importance of doing that so that um, you can, you know, maintain your peace of mind through physical exercise. Uh, so make sure you do that about 30 minutes a day. Um, the other thing that he brought up during his interview was taking breaks from the news. So this takes me back to point one, where God's word reminds us to set our minds on things above, not on things of the world. And Paul says, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Um, again, that is from Philippians 4 and 8. Um, this isn't to say that we should fully disconnect from the reality of what's going on, but we should, one, find ways to see the beauty and good in the midst of what's going on, and two, view these things through the lens of scripture um, and consider how the truth of the gospel, uh, the promises of Christ, uh, will help us overcome uh, the trials of this life. So again, so number one, meditate on the scriptures. Number two, engage in physical fitness. And number three, taking breaks from the news. Um, Number four, Steve, um, his interview actually also talked about the importance of praying. So we want to make our supplications known to God. Again, as Philippians 4 and 7 says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So there is um, a benefit, a mental health benefit, if you will, of praying as well. So you talked about the importance of talking to someone. um, And definitely we should um, seek to talk to friends and trusted, you know, trusted friends and family members, members of our church and things like that about what we're going through. But the ultimate person, too, that we would talk to, and I believe Steve talked about this as well, is praying. So we want to pray so that we will have our open communication with God because ultimately he's the one who can provide us with answers and the peace that we are seeking. Um, One other thing that I wanted to bring up, um, I don't think um, that this was necessarily brought up in the interview, but one tidbit that I want to touch on is the need to remain connected to other believers. Um, It's not something that I was, I don't think I was thinking about at the time, but uh, when I was formulating my questions for for Steve, but one thing um, I thought about in retrospect was the need for us to remain in fellowship with other believers. So we should fellowship in small gatherings whenever possible. Actually, that's all the time. Whenever you are able to find other believers who are willing to gather um, in small gatherings, as the Lord says, where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst of them. So let us gather with um, other believers, even in small groups, to stay engaged, to receive um, check-ins from them and to check in with them. Um, And the reason why I said to receive check-ins is that sometimes when you are in a stupor um, mentally, when you are feeling sad and hopeless or in despair, it's easy for us to make everybody the enemy. No one understands 
understands us. No one understands what we're going through or our pride gets in the way because we feel that um, we don't want people to see us like that uh, in in these particular states. So one thing that is important is that if people are reaching out to check in on us, we should receive those those um, those check ins. Okay, so go ahead and reach out to fellow believers at your local church. And when people reach out to you, be quick to um, to receive those um, connections. And then if you're feeling away, be honest about how you feel. And if you believe that person is a trusted um, and mature believer, then, um, you know, share how you feel and and make sure you talk to them. But of course, um, again, back to point four, we want to make sure we're also taking our concerns to the Lord. And number six is um, one other tip that I don't think we talked about in the interview, but that I would like to add here is that we should redeem the time by studying and growing in God's word. So we can take this time to ask those questions we've always wanted to ask, to search the scriptures and dig into those mysteries of God's word we've always found perplexing. So doing this exercise not only allows us to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, but it has the practical benefit of taking our minds off of what's going on around us so that we're not overwhelmed by stress, despair, fear, and uncertainty, okay? And to that point, I would say consider joining me this Friday, April 17th for Truth and Fire's very first subscriber engagement event. Um, A couple of weeks ago, I shared my desire to do something for my blog subscribers to help us cope with these quarantines. Um, I was thinking about a game night, but I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. But one by one, most requested a Bible study. So this Friday, I'll be hosting a Bible study concerning some very basic eschatology. Um, The reason why chose this topic is because it's one that most tend to dodge and many presume is hard to understand. So while I have everyone's undivided attention, while we have this extra time on our hands, I figured we would dig into the scripture to review um, what God has to say about our blessed hope, the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, Understanding and meditating on that, even as we endure life's trials, brings much peace. Okay, so that takes us back to um, Paul's charge to the Philippians about uh, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is true, you know, I'm saying it out of order, but my point is ultimately the promises of God checks all of those boxes. Okay. I'm one to share a, you know, a silly video um, or meme on, um, on my Instagram page with no problems. And I do think that, you know, it is great for us to have a good, a good laugh. The, 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 the word does say that laughter is good medicine for the soul. So We know that, but one thing we want to do is also meditate on the truth of God, the reality that our Lord and Savior is returning. And so I think in this time, it's important for us to to really get into the word about what it says about that and and that we can you know rely on on those truths and meditate on them um as we as we're able or as we should um and since i'll be hosting the study um it will be open for women only so sorry fellas but um men have been encouraged to sign up to lead future studies um to stay tuned for an announcement of future studies um which will um which some have already done and I'm already coordinating those. I have had a few men um, volunteers tribute as my email says. So um, I have been reaching out to those individuals and um, I'm working on coordinating a, uh, a study for men as well. Um, the topics may vary depending on what that um, individual's area of familiarity or expertise, if you will, might be. Um, but we will be having these studies. Um, I'm not sure exactly how often, um, but I'm still working that out. But for sure, the first one is coming up April 17th. It's a first time for this particular type of event with my subscribers. So things are still being uh, worked out, but I trust that the Lord will um, order our steps as we go and we are faithful to him. So um, for those who are interested in joining our subscriber engagements, even if as a male or even as a woman, if you don't have the opportunity, the availability to join us this Friday, um, if you're not already on our subscriber list, um, consider becoming a Truth and Fire blog subscriber. That is how you will get invitations to these types of events. Um, To subscribe, you will go to truthandfire.com forward slash subscribe. Okay. 
Also, um, I wanted to remind you guys about a related piece I wrote on mental health back in December. Um, It's called Thoughts About Suicide and Mental Illness. Um, This uh, particular episode was not focused on suicide. However, um, I do believe that the article provides some helpful um, information, some helpful biblical information that one who uh, would want to know uh, how this topic is approached through the lens of scripture or where you might begin your study on this topic through the lens of scripture um, could get a few um, uh, ideas and verses from. So go ahead and check out that piece. Again, it's called Thoughts About Suicide and Mental Illness. Um, it's actually part of a larger series called Thoughts About Suicide, um, where I just go through and I break down piece by piece um, the different elements of an argument that was made after a Twitter debate I had about the topic back in September. So go ahead and check that out when you get a moment. It is related to the topic. It's not quite what we're talking about here. However, there could be some effects of uh, COVID-19's quarantines and all these things where where people are feeling isolated and um, feeling uh, in despair and hopeless. Um, It could lead to that potentially. I pray it does not. So for those who are interested in learning more about what scripture says on this topic, um, consider reading uh, the piece uh, from my blog. Um, There are other resources out there as well, uh, but I just wanted to offer that up for those who are looking for related um, content from Truth and Fire. Okay. So yes, good people, God's people, there is much going on right now, but it doesn't have to overwhelm and overtake us. We are reminded repeatedly to remain sober-minded in this day, um, for our adversary seeks to devour us, and that comes from 1 Peter 5 and 8. So don't allow him to take your peace of mind. Trust in the Lord by holding to the truth of his word, and take advantage of all that is practically beneficial to overcome these pandemics, both COVID-19 and adjustment disorders, okay? So I thank God again for Steve and for others like him whom the Lord inspired to take up the particular activity of mental health and hygiene um, for his glory. And I pray ultimately you have found all of this edifying. Um, So with all of that said, I love you guys very much. I love you guys dearly. And as always, thank you for listening. Truth and Fire, the podcast has been brought to you by truthandfire.com, where we explore faith and pop culture from a witty Christian perspective. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, let us know. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Verite Efu. That's V-E-R-I-T-E-E-T-F-E-U. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We hope you'll join us next time. Thanks for listening.